most visitors to the Netherlands focus on the top-tier attractions in Amsterdam. But it's well worth your time to venture out into the working city of Rotterdam and the charm of the country's many scenic and smaller historic towns. Most are less than an hour's train ride from wherever you base yourself in the Netherlands. Our guide friends, Rolinka Blooming and Tim Tendick, are here to inspire us to go a bit further afield in the Netherlands. Tim and Rolinka, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Hello. So uh, both of you have been taking groups around the Netherlands for ages, and you can go big cities, you can go small towns, and you can go little villages. Rolinka, if you're taking a group and and their uh, main target is Amsterdam, and you want to get them out into the countryside, first of all, you need to appreciate how the city is built on canals and reclaimed land and and its mastery of, of the water. Talk a little bit about the heritage of the Netherlands and the sea. Well, first maybe think about why is it called Holland and the Netherlands? Because Netherlands means low lands. So the remarkable thing, I think, about the Netherlands is its location. Millions of people live below sea level in so-called polder land, which Mm -hmm. is reclaimed land from the sea, man-made. And as you're traveling around, you would see windmills. And when I see windmills, I think Archimedes screws, and that means the blade turns the screws so the water is pumped from lower to higher over dikes and eventually out to sea. Mm-hmm. That's a traditional way of reclaiming the, the land. Uh, you'll also see modern uh, structures designed to protect the Netherlands from the sea. I was in uh, Rotterdam recently. They have this incredible storm surge barrier. Can you explain how Rotterdam is being protected from rising sea levels? There is a storm surge barrier that mm-hmm. was uh, designed after a large flooding in 1953. And they decided to make the country safer. But you don't want to build simply dams and dikes because the best example is Rotterdam. So one of the largest harbors in the world, you want to have that harbor being accessible for shipping 24 hours a day. You can't build a dike or a dam there. So there they decided, the Dutch government, because we take climate change serious and we know that we need to invest in uh, the future they installed a huge storm surge barrier that's, that was actually just recently uh, used after not being used for 11 years. Really? And they had to, they spent a lot of money on this. And if you use it just once, it's going to pay for itself because you will avoid a catastrophe like we had in, in New Orleans. Uh, but this storm surge barrier, I've seen it. It's as big as two Eiffel Towers on their side on wheels that can roll together and stop the sea from coming in when there's a perfect storm of of a high tide and wind and, and whatever would bring a higher sea, you can close it off and protect millions of people. Correct, that's it. Wow. Yeah. And do the Dutch people who live below sea level feel safe behind yeah. their dikes? Yeah, we, we don't worry. Even if a lot of people live 15, 20, or even more than 20 feet below sea level, and we don't worry because um, we have faith in the water management of the Dutch government. We know billions of euro are invested in this. Uh, the expertise is there, the, the the experience is there. People. It's a Dutch way that's, of living. That's, that's how we live. That's how you live. Now, Tim, when you go to uh, the Netherlands, you can you can see all the charming towns and the, in the Netherlands. You can get anywhere by train in less than an hour, it seems like. The trains are so good. So if you want to go there, the answer is yes, it's easy. Just hop on the train. Going to Rotterdam, that would be your look at contemporary Dutch industrial might, it seems like. What do you find when you go to the, the great city of Rotterdam, which was pretty much destroyed in World War II? That's it. That's that's why Rotterdam always feels like a little bit of a, a separate, a little distinct city from the rest because so much of it was, was destroyed in the war. 
And they came back and they really faced a challenge that a lot of Europe faced of how to build something new and what would its identity be. And Rotterdam, to me, as I walked through, the thing that really stood out was the amount of art. Just art is so alive in that city. There's statues everywhere, a lot of great little galleries, and they just have a very, they were very mindful about the appearance of the city and how they combined that. I was just there recently. Even the train station is a work of art. It's just, it's a happy, modern, efficient train station. It made me want to go to work. I mean, I wanted to commute. It was the strangest thing. And then I, but instead, <laughs> Only the Dutch can make you want to commute. <laughs> I know, it was really something. And I got on a rental bike, and there was modern art dotted all over the town along the generally pedestrian and bike-friendly interior. Even Rotterdam, which is the epitome of industrialization, was primarily pedestrian and bike-friendly. And you come to some of these little communities with modern, just crazy architecture. The market hall is a condominium that arcs over the market, and uh, describe what it's like. I mean, I've never seen anything anywhere like it. It is. It's definitely a different take on the traditional European market. You can go in there, and, and it looks very modern, all this beautiful glass, but then you do still find the kind of small shopkeeper who can tell you exactly where this was grown and, sh- and sell you the really artisanal products with amazing flavor. And then you look up above, and you see people's condominiums, and they're looking literally down on the market. They're living over it. And then across the square, there's houses built on, like on posts where they're cubes on their corners somehow. Completely wacky. Yeah. So there's that playfulness, but also don't they say, uh, they have a joke where in, in Rotterdam the shirts are sold with the sleeves already rolled up. So that, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't I mean, heard that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, they say the money is made in Rotterdam, it's divvied up in The Hague, that's the capital, mm. and spent in Amsterdam. Have you heard that, Rolinka? i heard that, yes. Don't we say the money is made in the Netherlands in Rotterdam, they talk about it in The Hague, and they spend it in Amsterdam. Okay, they talk about it. I have the earlier uh, version when government was more um, uh, effective. They divvy it up. They divide it. But now they talk about it, and then they spend it in Amsterdam. <laughs> Thank you for updating me on that little little quote. And I also think that Rotterdam is called the new Dubai ah. because of the modern architecture and all the crazy oh, yeah. things they're building. Do you like walking around Rotterdam? No, not really. It's too big for you? Or? Yeah, it's too big. It's too modern. I, I like, you like the cute. Like the angel, yeah. Okay, so if you want the cute in a little urban setting, on a smaller scale, where would you go? I would rather go to Delft. Delft? It's not really small. It's a city of about 100,000 inhabitants, but it feels small. It's mm-hmm. a very dynamic, very young city. It's mm-hmm. a city of uh, the university. The technical university is there. Mm. So it's all the students that makes the city very lively and friendly. It's not very touristy. And it's only 15 minutes away from Rotterdam. Yeah. So you could live. You could roll up your sleeves and make the money <laughs> in Rotterdam. And then you could spend your life in this charming Delft. I love being there on market day. Describe the market. First of all, the market square. Market square is surrounded by old townhouses. So it's the atmosphere of the 17th century with the city hall and the church. And the church is like a rocket of bricks. It just goes straight up. It's amazing structure. And then on market days, the whole square is filled with with stalls with all the specialties. So you get your cheese, you got your flowers, you got your herring. And it's not just for the tourist. It's real. Um, I think think it's not for the tourist. It it is for the locals. And those tourists that that happen to be there, they enjoy it. And, of course, we know Delft because of Delftware. Mm -hmm. And if you're curious about Delftware, what can you do? There are several places where they where they still make original Delftware. So you want to you want to watch out. You don't want to just buy something in one of the shops because most of it will not be authentic. Uh, so there's three different places where they still make original Delftware. 
is there's the Royal Dutch Delftware Manufactory. The that's the the big one. The and bigger one. There and mm-hmm. I'm very impressed by the the presentation. You get to see the factory. You get to see the painting. You get to see them fire the. It's just beautiful thing. And of course, you can buy some Delft right there. Our guides to the towns of the Netherlands right now on Travel with Rick Steves are Rolinka Blooming and Tim Tendick. Rolinka grew up exploring her home base in the Netherlands on family bicycle outings. She now operates an off-the-grid shepherd cottage echo guesthouse in the French Pyrenees. Tim Tendick is Dutch-American, and he teaches English in the San Francisco Bay Area and guides tours all over Europe. We have links to Relinka's website and to Tim's travel blog in this week's show notes at ricksteves.com slash radio. Our phone number is 877-333-7425, and Jennifer's calling from Rockwall in Texas. Jennifer, thanks for your call. Oh, thanks for taking it. Yeah, have you been in Delft? I have been in Delft a couple of times, and the last time I went, um, our family of five, we were all living in Portugal at the time, and I was able to take my oldest daughter, to the Netherlands for her 16th birthday. Oh. And that was a lot of fun. I bet. And you stayed in Delft. What are your memories of Delft? We actually stayed in Harlem. We chose to stay out in the countryside. I had been Amsterdam before, so I thought it'd be nice to have a different experience. So we stayed in Harlem, got to go to Delft, and took the train there. The city square is as majestic as the church is, it's also very quaint. In both and Harlem and Delft, I would say. They're, they're sort of sister yeah, yeah. cities that way. Absolutely. Yeah. In Delft, we got to enjoy a concert. We even had a wedding party come out of the church. That was really fun. And then in Harlem, the city square is just, you know, there's mm. everyone's there outside. We mm. even got to eat fajitas, which was fun. Fajitas <laughs> in Harlem. Texas. I know. Well, it's sort of the New Netherlands, you know, there's a... a, a <laughs> It's a dynamic country, and it's got a, a classic uh, shell with which to live in. And uh, hey, uh, Jennifer, if you were going to go back again, or you have some friends that were going back, would you recommend they sleep in Harlem or in Delft? Which one would you make for a home base? I'd say either. I think Harlem, it's a great bike ride from Harlem to Amsterdam. That's hmm. one of the reasons we chose it. We, you know, a lot of the hotels rent bikes. It makes it very easy for travelers. Right. But either would be extremely charming. We stayed at a great hotel, and um, I, gosh, I, I wouldn't even know. I'd say go with either. You're going to be yeah. happy either way. Over the years, <laughs> I've been I've been wrestling in my mind between the two. Uh, Delft, I think, is a little nicer town in some ways, but Harlem is so handy to Amsterdam. And if you're going to yeah. travel to Amsterdam, yeah. I frankly, I'd rather sleep in in Harlem and side trip into Amsterdam. You, you hop on the right. train; trains go every ten, fifteen right. minutes. So. You're right there at the at the Welcome to Amsterdam placemat as you step off the train. So uh, thank, right. thanks for your call. Oh, thank you. Happy travels. Tim, when you think about um, Jennifer's uh, comments and uh, your experiences in Harlem, what comes to mind about Harlem for you? Harlem just, it does feel like such a, it feels like home pretty quick after you get there. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes people are nervous about going around a city, especially if they don't speak the native language and don't necessarily know all the rules and things of traffic and these things. And partially that's easy in that area because everybody speaks English. And then biking around in that area too is just such a pleasure because the Dutch system of separated bicycle lanes is so safe. You're never in traffic. Um, you're always on this on the separate protected lane. People don't even wear helmets. And everyone who's driving also rides a bike a lot. So they're very mindful of the existence of and the, and the, and the realities of bicycle riding. So it's a very safe place to ride. 
It's a safe place to ride, but it's not a very safe place to walk if you're a tourist oblivious to the silent bikes that come whizzing <laughs> by. Uh, many times I've nearly walked right into a bike, and if a little chirpy little uh, handlebar bell ringer can sound angry, I've heard those. This is I, true. When, when I started learning Dutch, usually if you learn a language, the first thing they teach you is, hello, good morning, that sort of thing. The first thing my Dutch textbook taught me was, kijk uit, je stolt op fietspad, which is, look out, you're on the bike path. <laughs> Whoever wrote that book said the number one thing we want people to learn is to get off the bike path. Say it again. Kijk uit, je staat op het fietspad. <laughs> I would think that's probably one of the key survival phrases. When we're in Harlem, it's amazing. I mean, it's a charming little town, but you you step into the church and you have the mightiest pipe organ I've ever seen. Mozart played it. The whole wall is just a it's a tower of pipes. And, and that's sort of the traditional culture that's going on. You've got, uh, of all the Dutch masters, uh, Franz Hals is one of the greatest, and there's a museum dedicated to him. He's a hometown boy. Uh, Cory ten Boom. If you're frustrated with Anne Frank's house because it's so darn crowded, you have the uh, equivalent in Harlem, in a certain way, Cory ten Boom. And this is made famous from the book in the movie The Hiding Place. And this is a tour that the family there actually welcomes in 20 people at a time, four or five times a day, I think. And you actually hear the story of how they, they hid their neighbors uh, from the Nazis. And I just found that was a powerful little extra visit while you're in Harlem. Tim, we've been talking about mighty cities and cute small towns. What's a village? There's a lot of villages, and I'm sure you've stumbled onto some. Is there one you'd like to share that would be worth knowing about? My favorite tiny town, it's one of these ones you see as you go through on the train, and it's these little houses, and you see a church steeple standing up, and you think, how do all these itty-bitty towns have these amazing steeples? But I went to uh, Holst is one, right down by the by the border there with uh, with Belgium, and it's a really remarkable town. It's very small, doesn't have too many things people would see, but even there it manages to have a lot of medieval ruins and, and replicas. It has uh, namely a big fortress in the middle with its moat still there from the uh-huh. 1500s. But they have the Basilica of St. Willebroid. St. who? St. Willebroid. There's, Willebroid. There, there's too many R's in that name. I don't know how they put them in there. And this is Holst, H-U-L-S-T, yeah, Holst. near the border of Belgium. Mm-hmm. It means holly from the shape of the uh, of the fortress in there. Yeah. Okay. But that, that basilica is really remarkable to me as just really a exemplar of, of Dutch tolerance and history because they, for a while after Napoleon, they basically kind of built a little wall inside there and made it a, a simultan kerik, which is like a simultaneous church. So they actually shared it with Catholics and Protestants. They said, we both worship in the same place. Now, isn't that interesting? So they've mm-hmm. had this, they've gone with the European tumult when it comes to you know, Catholics and Protestants fighting mm-hmm. each other, but they've sort of been accommodating. And mm-hmm. I know when you're in Amsterdam, you find a lot of hidden churches, and anybody would know there's a church there, but they just keep a low profile, and then they let it be. Yeah, as long as you behave yourself, we'll let you be there. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, quote, victimless crimes that are accepted today, as, as long as people use discretion in the mm-hmm. Netherlands. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Relinka Blooming and Tim Tendick about the Netherlands. Relinka, a lot of people just think flowers when they go to the Netherlands. I believe your last name, Blooming, means flowers. Yes. Uh, did your ancestors sell flowers, or how, how would somebody be called Relinka Flowers? I have no idea. Uh, must Don't have know. Been. No. Maybe your dad started one of these uh, Kuchenhof markets <laughs> I'll or something. I'll ask Papa. All <laughs> uh, right. But there's uh, two things high on people's list. The Alsmere Flower Auction near mm-hmm. the airport at Schiphol, and Kuchenhof, which every spring has a magnificent tulip festival. Can yeah. you describe the, the Alsmere Flower Auction and then Kuchenhof? Mm-hmm. So the flower auction is in one of the largest industrial buildings in the world. It's just enormous. And there's a lot of activity, but you have to be very early in the morning. And then you can walk around there and enjoy the fast movement of the flowers and the plants and that go into the auction hall. 
Mm-hmm. Because but, the whole idea, um, it's got to be fast because mm-hmm. they got to get the flowers to market today. And you see little train loads of flowers coming by that people are bidding on. Yeah, like millions of flowers go yeah. through it in the morning. But you know what? It's a bit, um, it's not anymore as it was before because the people that work at the flower auction, uh, it's more and more they can bid through the internet as well. Oh, this is not what it used to be because it used to be a really high energy, amazing spectacle. They had this strange kind of bidding to me where they would go from the top price down instead of everybody upping each other the price would come down and the first person to say yes would get it. Yeah, right? I think it's called the Dutch clock. The Dutch clock. Yeah. Okay, so how about Kuchenhof? How's that doing? Kuchenhof is fantastic, uh, but it's only eight weeks a year, of course. Mm-hmm. So it's only in the springtime. I think it's one of the largest spring flower uh, gardens in Europe. Mm. Uh, millions of flowers, beautiful patterns, beautiful colors, the smell, lovely to go. But It's a yeah. giant orchard of it's just like a it's a wonderland I'm not even that into flowers and I've been to Kuchenhof several times if I'm ever in the Netherlands in the spring during Kuchenhof I make a point to go there and cost them a reasonable fee to get in there 10 euros or something like that and then you've got free run of this vast park and so lovingly landscaped and filled with explosions of colors along with plenty of Dutch cliches you've got your little syrup waffles and your wooden shoes and your windmills that you can check out and The main thing for me is just the magnificent flowers when they're in season. Absolutely, yeah. It's a highlight. Kuchenhof. Relinka Blooming, Tim Tendick, thanks so much for a better understanding of the amazing Netherlands. Thank you, Rick. My pleasure. Hey, I'm Rick Steves. In my latest book, For the Love of Europe, I share the highlights of a lifetime of exploring Europe. My favorite experiences, sights, and encounters in a hundred essays. If you love Europe, too, This is four decades of greatest hits in 400 pages, made to order to stoke your travel dreams. You can order your copy of For the Love of Europe at ricksteves.com.